to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. Julie, welcome to today's show. Thank you very much. It is always a pleasure to share the show with you and looking forward to wrapping up part two of our discussion about where, when, how, and why. I think we covered the why before, but buying rentals, particularly if we're talking about out of your home market, how do you go about that? So we're going to wrap that up and then, of course, a few shout outs and some great book reviews. Back to you. I want to, uh, first of all, acknowledge uh, Keller Williams, and we're not associated in any way really with Keller Williams, but we do have an absolute, we have thousands of Keller Williams agents as our clients. A lot of Keller Williams agents um, come to us despite the fact that Keller Williams has its own coaching program because, frankly, our coaching program is so much more direct, practical, tactical, puts you in a position of helping others and make money quicker. Um, and if you don't believe me, just go read our book reviews, <laughs> and you guys will see what I'm talking about. But listen, hats off to Keller Williams. I am, I'm incredibly impressed by the outpouring of, uh, you know, just really everything from Keller Williams with regards to the hurricane in Houston. So in case you guys don't know, obviously you know about the hurricane, but then uh, there was a Keller Williams event that was taking place, at their annual, they called their homecoming event. And Keller Williams is the largest real estate brokerage in the world. They have 163,000 agents. So generally speaking, about half of these folks fly into wherever the event's happening. This year it was happening in Austin. So this event had been planned for at least a year. All these agents had booked their rooms and planned their everything, and this hurricane happened. So what Keller Williams did is they said, you know what? We're not doing our homecoming this year. We're not going to do any of our training. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to basically uh, be in contribution and be of service to others. And literally, I've seen pictures of, I don't even know, thousands of folks wearing red shirts, loading trucks, unloading trucks, doing the real work necessary to help people recover from um, uh, the hurricane. And I have to say, if there's never a better example of what being of service is, uh, th- that's just it. That's phenomenally impressive. So for all of you that are participating in that outreach for the folks that were you know, devastated by Hurricane Harvey, my heartfelt and utmost respect. And to Gary Keller and his management team, I have amazement and just absolute, again, an outpouring of respect to all of you guys for putting that together. Just, it's tremendous. It's what our industry, real estate, realtors need to be doing more often. It really is, as you guys know, longtime listeners, you know, it really is the highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to others. And when you can be of service to others at that level, oh my gosh, you truly move the needle. So there it is. Now, Julie, we had a, another show of gratitude towards our listeners. We are getting so many great positive five-star book reviews, and I know, Julie, there's a couple of them that you wanted to read prior to us picking up where we left off yesterday. And the topic of the show, guys, and make sure, make sure you listen to yesterday's show, too, the essence of it is, is where we're buying or we're looking to purchase, both of those things, uh, rental properties. So we uh, talked extensively about um, our logic behind what we look for, and now today we're going to get uh, deeper into the weeds as far as math. So, Julie, um, if you want to share uh, or, yeah. again, give gratitude and praise towards the folks who are giving us great book reviews, please go forth. Absolutely, and these are both pretty short and to the point, which we always appreciate. So uh, from S. Frey, 
writes, I always like it when they use their name so we can kind of, you know, do a nice little shout out here. Uh, this person writes, I've been in the real estate business for over 14 years and I got a lot out of this book. I think it's a great read for almost any agent, regardless of where they are in their career. Pick it up, read it. Most importantly, implement what you learn. Success will be sure to follow. And then from Jeffrey Landon, love the book, Harris Rules. It is a great practical guide to growing a real estate business. I really enjoyed the real life examples and practical steps in going to the next level. If you want to take your real estate game to the next level, this book is for you. They really do not beat around the bush and explain what you need to live the life you dream about. I especially liked Jeffrey's review, Tim, because he points out that this isn't one of those books where it's like, hey, do this, and everything, you know, the world will rain real estate leads on you. We do use um, you know, profiles of our coaching clients and real world examples to demonstrate the point. You know, it's nice to know when somebody's saying, hey, follow this rule and you'll be successful, that, you know, like you're not the only one doing it. It's been proven. This is not something we're just running up the flagpole to see if people will read it. We did use real life examples. And I always appreciate when, you know, that shows you somebody's read it beginning to end and isn't just scanning, right? He's really um, absorbing it. So thank you for those reviews. And then a quick little trip over to our private Facebook page for our Premier Coaching members. Uh, Several new agents we wanted to welcome uh, there on Facebook, um, one from Canada recently and another one in Hawaii. So aloha uh, to you as well. And then lots of great postings of success stories. And I think there's a couple of referrals. I know one of them is to Alpharetta, Georgia. So if that's your area, get over to Facebook and claim that referral. So back to you, Tim, and we will continue with our discussion about investment stuff. So, uh, guys, as we uh, go deeper into the weeds today, we're going to be talking about some financial aspects of it, but we're going to make it, as always, very tactical and practical so you guys can kind of digest it. I know a lot of you guys listen to our podcast on the fly. You're driving around, and I don't want to basically give you a big spreadsheet analysis of rental properties. That's not really, you know, <laughs> that crap bores me, then it bores you guys. So what Julie and I do, big surprise, is we figured out a very simple formula when we're analyzing properties, and we're going to share that with you on today's show. Um, so look, guys, we talked yesterday about how to mitigate all the downside risk of owning rental properties. And I think that I got a lot of emails about that because you guys didn't know all the ways that basically you really can offset the risk of owning rentals. You can offset the risk through American Home Shield Warranty by making sure you've got um, a, a good homeowner's policy, making sure your homeowner's policy has coverage in the event that the tenant trashes the property that covers your lost rent, all that sort of thing. So really when you get down to it, guys, there's really no excuse, all the normal excuses for not buying rentals, and the only one that's left is basically where to come up with the money. So we're going to be talking about that right now. Um, and before I do, I want to also remind you guys, if you guys want a free coaching call, because I got a lot of direct emails, and that's fine. If you guys want to t uh, communicate directly with Julie and I, no problem whatsoever. It's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. We've been getting a lot of emails about people asking if Julie and I will personally coach them. The answer is yes, but we're not cheap. Um, just I'll put it out there because there's like 10,000 of you guys listening. Uh, normal coaching for us is, well, most people start in with the Premier Coaching Program, and the Premier Coaching Program is very, very affordable. And the next leg up after that is called VIP. VIP is 1000 a month, and you do get four private coaching calls per month with one of our coaches. And above that is Elite. And Elite is something where Julie and I will personally take clients, but the clients, it's uh, $2,000 a month. 
and you have to put down 50% uh, if you want us to coach you, and it's a 12-month arrangement. That's how it works. Now, that means that not very many, one, many of you can't afford it, and that's fine because we want to just primarily work with those of you who are on a personal one-on-one -on -one level, those of you who are really truly ready to go to the next level. If you think that's you, please do feel free to email us directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. But please understand – and, and I even, this is definitely true. The premier coaching program that literally thousands of you guys enroll in is without a doubt the best overall value in the coaching industry today. You know, so if you're looking to, to maybe take a baby step into really intense focused training and coaching, you definitely want to look into premier. We work with a lender and the lender has made it possible for you guys to uh, base every single one of you listening. If you, if the program is 2750, but if you want to finance the program through our lender, the payments like, I think it's $99.80 a month. There's no interest on the loan for the first 180 days if you pay it all off. So most people, like 67% of all the agents pay off the loan within the first six months, so it's free money. There's no payment for the first 30 days. You can cancel them in the first 72 hours if it's not a fit for you. And also you can cancel at any time, just pay the prorated amount plus a cancel fee. So the way we worked out this program is Premier Coaching Pro the Premier Coaching Program is something that all of you guys can say yes to. And I realize that our uh, competitors are selling coaching programs that are 600 $1,000 a month, and they offer literally less than what the Premier Coaching Program does. I, Julie and I did that intentionally because we wanted to make it so literally every single one of you, whether you're a new agent or a seasoned agent, could easily afford it, and obviously you can because money's not an issue, because literally every single one of you, no matter what your credit is, your job history is, every single one of you are already approved to be part of this program, something that Julie and I took a lot of time and effort to set up with um, uh, a bank, and it's set up. So if you want to be in Premier Coaching, um, you can just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Or again, just email me directly and say, yes, I want to be in Premier Coaching, and then we'll give you more of the information. Okay, I didn't mean to go into a little commercial there, but it is worth mentioning that a lot of you guys are asking us questions about the coaching program and our different coaching programs. And um, so there's the real, the meat and potatoes just cutting through it. All right, so let's talk about yeah. math. Now, Here's where really we're, one of the pillars of our coaching program is we want all of you guys to be rich. And nobody knows what rich means, so we've given you guys a nice definition. It's the one that Julie and I have been using forever. It's where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. So if you bought our book, Harris Rules, which thousands of you have, thank you very much. Thank you for making it a number one bestseller on Amazon. Then you know that one of the, uh, the practical, tactical approaches we take to basically being in real estate is that you earn enough profit from your real estate transactions that you can then reinvest that money into ideally rental properties. And those rental properties, the cash flow from those rental properties is, so, uh, is uh, sufficient enough to cover all of your immediate personal overhead. Okay? So here's the thought for you. And, I'm gonna, and when we share this with folks, and I know there's at least, you know, Three, 4,000 of you, that when I say this, you're going to feel like an epiphany. It's going to be almost like a light went off. You are rich when basically you don't have to work for money anymore, when your money works for you. So if you have rental properties that are producing cash flow so that it covers, in plus a little bit, your personal monthly overhead, you are technically rich because you no longer have to work. That's it. That's it. You don't need $10 million or $20 million. In some markets, you don't even need a million dollars. You can accomplish that goal depending on what your overhead is um, for a lot less than you might think and, and depending on how strategic you are when you purchase your properties. 
guys, that's the last chapter in Harris Rules where we lay all this out, so go buy the book. But really, that's where I want all of you guys to get to. And if you're burning all your money on buying leads and trying to basically be number one in your market and you know be on stage and brag about how you sold 600 houses, chances are you don't have any profit and you'll never actually be rich. You might have a nice lifestyle, but you'll never actually get to the point where you're rich because you'll have what's called lifestyle, lifestyle creep where your personal overhead gets more and more expensive all the time and to the point where basically the probability of you ever owning enough rental properties to cover your uh, personal nut is about zero. So we want you to kind of return to financial sobriety and then consider, at least consider, joining the other thousands of agents who have taken our suggestions and are building a rental portfolio so that they can basically, quicker than many of them thought, can be rich, where they no longer have to work for money, where their money works for them. There's a whole conversation that goes on that in the book, Harris Rules, so just go to Amazon.com and put in HarrisRules.com. I'm sorry, just put in Harris Rules. All right. So let's assume that you guys are on the same page, that you want to have enough paid-off rental properties to make it so the cash flow from the rental properties sufficiently exceeds your uh, personal monthly overhead. Easy to do if your personal monthly overhead is, say, less than $10,000, okay? We told you yesterday where you need to look to buy properties. Now, I'm going to give you guys the formula. Here it is. This is the exact formula, and I've checked this in different cities. I've literally taken the time to go to the cities where these big companies are purchasing uh, properties, and I've, done, I've looked for properties that they've purchased with the help of coaching clients who have given me all this information from their loss, and I've uh, done the math. And these, uh, these big hedge funds who are purchasing houses for retail, going into many of these markets, we gave you, I think, 12 or 13 of them yesterday, and they're paying retail for houses, sometimes over retail. They're not looking for wholesales or fix-ups. They're looking for nice retail houses in normal market. They're not buying multiple fa- multifamilies. They're buying single families. We talked about all this yesterday. What they're looking for is an 8 to 8.5% cash-on-cash return. Here's how that works. I'll, use, I'll give you guys a real-life example because I just helped one of my personal clients with this who's looking to purchase, and he probably will exceed his goal, 15 rental properties this year. And I think he'll exceed his goal. So I'm turning him on to Indianapolis because I've been doing a lot of studies of that market where Julie and I want to purchase properties around Butler University specifically. If you guys want a great referral there, I have a personal coaching client there that I can turn you guys on to. So you can purchase a house. And some of you in California or on the East Coast are going to think I'm wacko, but this is true. You can purchase a really nice three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath, house with a basement and a two-car garage, usually all brick, um, in Indianapolis, Indiana. And you want to purchase this clo- you know, around Butler University. That's the hot zone for less than 150 grand, and most of them are going to be around 125 grand. So you can purchase a property like that, and this is where it gets wacko. You can rent that thing out for twelve to thirteen hundred dollars a month all day long, and your taxes are going to rent about usually for a property like that would probably be about maybe twelve hundred thirteen hundred bucks a year. So you guys listening to what I just said? So right there, I gave you an example of a property. So if you if you rent a place out, let's just make it easy. So you buy it for one hundred and twenty grand, let's say you rent it out for twelve uh, twelve hundred bucks a month. Let's do the math on this, listeners. How much money is that per year? I'll just do it right in front of you. Twelve hundred. I could do it in my head. I just want to do the secondary math is more complicated. Times 12 means you're making 14.4. And let's just keep the math easy. Let's say your taxes and your homeowner's insurance is $3,000 a year. Okay, 3000 So that leaves you, let's say, $11,000. And you purchase the property for $120. Okay, so Julie, you can help me out with this. So that's what? I think it's 9%? Yes, it's a 9% return on investment. So if you – I just did it. Okay, so now you let's, pay let's cash, take a breath for a second – for our skeptics, okay. Number one, we're, this is not a property that has a homeowner, a uh, HOA, 
homeowners association. We don't have to worry about that. Taxes mm-hmm. absolutely are what Tim is stating. And usually mm-hmm. our California and our New York clients are like, oh, yeah, but that's going to have like bars on the windows and be in a scary neighborhood nope. for that cheap. No, nope. these are perfectly respectable, nice, not even usually needing that much rehab or repair some of them you don't have to really spend anything on except maybe a nice cleaning. This is the real deal, everybody, so pay attention to the math, and I think you're right on that 9%, which is pretty yep, awesome. Is. So, let, let me finish. Let me finish. So yep. you've got 9% cash on cash. Now, a lot of you guys are going to be saying, I'm not paying cash. I understand that. So you're going to have to get a mortgage. Under conventional government-backed financing, you guys can purchase up to 10 rental properties in addition to your primary residence with generally 20 or 25% down. Okay. Now, you can also, and I wrote down a couple other things I want you guys to consider. So there it is. I just gave you a fact. You can purchase up to 10 single-family houses for 20 to 25% down if you're not going to be paying cash. Now, if you have a mortgage, your math and your cash-on-cash return uh, changes. But here's where it gets interesting. If you buy a $120,000 house, and let's say you put down $30,000, and off that $30,000, so let's say the, pay, the rent payment is still 1200 a month, and let's say after the Mickey Mouse taxes and the uh, homeowner's insurance or whatever, you're making $1,100 a month net, okay? So there's $1,100 coming in. I don't have a mortgage. Julie, if you could find one, that would be great. But I bet you the payment on that property is no more uh, at a, with interest rates like they are, even on investor properties. I bet you're all in payments around 600 to 650 bucks with the taxes, Okay, Probably so you're right. still, and that's if you, and that's if you, and that's if you put down 20 or 25 percent on that property. Now here's what's interesting: if you're making, let's say, only, and I'm, I'm always being more conservative with my estimates, but if you're making $400 a month pass, positive cash flow, that's $5,000 a year, and you put down 25,000 in cash. Not that this math really matters, but it's just kind of interesting to think about. If that's so, if you're making $5,000 a year on a, on $25,000. What is that actual return on investment? Right? Think about that. 10% would be 25 grand. So you're actually making 20% return on investment on your down payment. Now, this is a little obtuse. In a lot of ways, it doesn't even really matter. But it is kind of a fascinating way to analyze rental properties when you look at you, take, you save up 25 grand. And we talk about how to basically develop a, a, you know, a focused saving plan in our book. So you, uh, you save up the 25 grand. You said, hey, Tim, connect me with somebody in one of these markets you're talking about. I do it. You find a great property. Um, you know, and then you're, the math works out just like I said. I know because Julie and I are buying them like this. And yep. then what you're going to discover is you're going to discover, even if you have to put down a down payment of 25%, if someone came to you and said, look, Julie, uh, I know you got $25,000 to invest. Um, you know, I will give you a 20%. I'll give you $5,000 a year for the rest of your life on that $25,000. I mean, she's uh-huh. going to say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How many more of those do you so, have? It, yes. That's exactly, right? right. So, so for, even if you're putting down a down payment in the market, so we ask you guys, if you're not paying cash, uh, and, you're, and I know what some of you are thinking now, Tim, I don't have 25 grand. I'm about to tell you how to come up with that too. So just stay tuned. Um, so the moral of the story is, here's the greatest benefits to rental pop- properties. It comes down to three things. It comes down to the fact you get to depreciate it. I'm not an accountant, so I'm not going to explain it, but ask your accountant what depreciation is or just fire up the Google machine and do the research yourself. So you can depreciate the property. The property hypothetically will appreciate, but just be realistic. In many of these markets, the house is only going to inflate in value commensurate with what the national inflation rate is. Like when, when Julie and I were selling real estate in Columbus, Ohio, though in the last five years it hasn't been this way. It's been wacko where we used to live in terms of appreciation, I mean real appreciation. 
But it could be argued – now, again, this is a little nerdy, but just for those of you out there who are like-minded, you'll appreciate this sort of thought. Um, houses, for the most part, in the United States and for the most of the country don't truly appreciate because is it truly appreciation if all they're doing is inflating with the national inflation rate? I don't think so. So if the national inflation rate is 2 or 3% and the properties go up by 2 or 3% per year, all they're doing is keeping up with inflation. True appreciation, in the way my mind works, is going to be something that exceeds the normal inflation rate. But in most of these markets, aside from this sort of modern history that we're experiencing, the houses have only been keeping up with the inflation rate. So when I say the houses are going to appreciate, and that's one of the three reasons you want to buy rental properties, I want you to not think – if you're in California, don't use your California brain because most of the properties in most of the country are, generally speaking, only going up in value by about 3%. Right? So think about what I'm saying. So you have the depreciation, which will hypothetically save you money on taxes. You have the, up, uh, you have the hypothetical appreciation or inflation in value. And the third reason you buy rental properties, our favorite reason, is you have cash flow. You guys with me on all this? You guys paying attention? Are you focused? Are you seeing where I'm getting to with this? So how do you come up with the money? All right, the easiest thing for you guys to do is just call up your local mortgage broker and ask them, and not every mortgage broker, you've got to be careful on this, not every mortgage broker is going to know how to do it. So you're going to have to, usually the, better, the, the best way to start is with, your, with a small local bank. And then if you want to go to the Wells Fargo's or the Banks of America and all the rest of it, you can. But try to start with a small local bank first because they'll, generally speaking, they'll want to do the loan and keep the loan internal. It's called a portfolio loan. In other words, they're using their own money to invest in that mortgage. Those are easier mortgages to get, and those are easier uh, relationships to maintain to add more pro uh, properties to your portfolio. In some cases, you'll find a local bank they'll be willing to give you five uh, mortgages, and another one they'll be willing to give you five mortgages, and so you can s sort of scale up. Most of you guys are going to be right as rain if you have uh, seven to ten rental properties, and the idea is that you pour all the cash flow from these rental properties. First of all, each rental property needs to have its own little savings account you know, for a rainy day, and if you have a mortgage, you want to have at least probably you know, at least 90 days, maybe six months worth of mortgage payments saved. You know, for that rental property. So as the cash flow comes in from these rental properties, don't go to Vegas, you know, unless of course you're in Vegas already. <laughs> Save the money for the in the event that you have a, a turnover situation where you have a missed payment for a month or two, or you know, where you're not having the tenant make the payment for you. You guys get what I'm saying here? Be very conservative. You know, Julie and I are Boy Scouts at the end of the day. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. All right, now let's talk about how to come up with your down payment. Now. There's the obvious way, right? You just save a little bit from every transaction. And again, we've talked about this on past shows, how to manage your money and organize things. But the next thing I want you to consider is owner financing. Now, owner financing, for most of you listening, is uh, I'm basically speaking Arabic combined with Egyptian, combined with Spanish, combined with a little bit of Martian. So you, because you've never dealt with it before. So here's a simple fact. Because mortgages have been harder to obtain and because uh, – uh, mortgages on rental properties have been, been getting harder to uh, get, you're seeing a lot of owners who are open to doing um, owner financing. Now, you will find, and this is where it gets exciting, um, and I had a coaching call like this with a guy last week in Reno, Nevada. So he came across an older gentleman who was in his 80s who wanted to start selling his portfolio. The guy was a multimillionaire from his paid-off properties. And so he got this listing lead, and the guy – it was a single family, if I remember correctly, and the guy had like three others he wanted to sell too. The guy owned him outright. So I told my coaching client, and the, and the, and the guy was going to take the money 
and he was just going to basically put it in the bank. He had no real purpose for it, which means he was going to get like a 1% or less than that return on his investment. So I told my coaching client to go to this guy and offer and ask him if he would actually hold the mortgage and be the mortgage and basically be the mortgage uh, mortgagee, right? So that's what he did, and the guy agreed to it. And he so he ended up basically purchasing this house. The owner's holding the paper, and the cash flows. How good of a deal is that? And the and the owner base it, it. It doesn't matter how the, the nature of the mortgage how it worked, but he used his. There was no down payment. He bought this thing. He hasn't closed on it yet, but he's buying it without a down payment. That's, I mean, a brilliant deal. He's walking into an owner finance deal, no down payment, and the, and the place is going to cash flow. Matter of fact, if I remember correctly, there were tenants in it already. Why would the owner want to do that? Because he's at the age that he just doesn't want to screw around with it anymore. He wants to start pulling his money out. So what that, did, what that did for the owner was that it converted this rental property into an investment in a mortgage, which is a lot less – I mean, he just collects the money now. He doesn't even have to even think about the property. So it's li- less liability for him. There are literally millions of properties around the country that are – you guys, if you just poke around a little bit, you're going to find are in similar situations. That's the reason we want you guys to do your own prospecting. That's the reason we want you guys to do the things we ask you to do as part of the coaching program because you'll dig up deals like this all the time. A lot of our rentals, when Jules and I sold real estate in Ohio, we got it just this way. We'd be on a listing appointment, and the person said, listen, I just want to sell this property. I just inherited it, or you know, it's just a liability or whatever. And, and we'd say, well, I mean, you know, this is the situation. If you try to retail it, you've got to do all this. It's going to take this amount of time. Or Julie and I can agree to do it for this, and they'd say, fine, done. And that would be it. We have three properties I saw off the top of my head that we bought that way okay so number one owner financing and don't be afraid to ask you can either have 100% owner financing which is harder to get or listen to what I'm saying listeners you can have the owner and Julie and I did this once when we uh, actually were uh, our second property we bought we are in our early 20s we went to the owner and we said we asked the owner to carry a second now the second was for 20% and the second was our down payment so we went to the owner. They own, the guy actually inherited the property. You know what I'm talking about, Julie, right? Home Tangy Forest? Yep, I do. So the guy, yep. the, the guy had Great inherited deal. the property. Yeah, it was. And um, so the, pro- the property was like less than 200 grand. I think it was 180. Um, and we went to him and we asked him to carry the uh, carry note for the second. And then we then had a, essentially from the, the mortgage company who held the mortgage for us, they didn't care that the second was a loan from the owner. They didn't care because they're in the primary uh, position on the loan. And what they did is they gave us a first mortgage, and we used the second as the down payment to purchase the property. We bought it with no money down. You guys following me on that? These are all the types of things you can do when you're in the real estate business to create absolute easy – You know, you can find rental deals all the time. Now, it is a bitch to do this in the expensive markets because hardly anything will cash flow. All right, now here's the next one, and this is a very another easy way for you guys to create the down payment. Roll your commission in. You guys are going to go on listing appointments, or let's just say you decide that you're going to purchase your first rental property, and you're still going to do it this year. Hats off to you, right? Stay on mission. So let's say you're, you've done your math, and you know you need to buy a property, and maybe let's just say you're in a market where the math already pens out. You don't have to look out of state, which is great. Um, and you find this maybe a little FISBO, and the math makes sense, 130, 140 grand. Okay, you go and you, you, you explain to the seller, listen, I want to buy this house for myself. You know, the normal commission is going to be 6%, and here's all the closing costs and whatever. And so how about this? I'll buy it myself. You pay the commission like you normally would, I'll double, and then you double-end it. You keep the commission, and that becomes either, depending on your mortgage situation, all or part of your down payment. That's something else Julie and I did a lot when we lived in Ohio. 
So we would roll our commission in, and we would use that usually for half of our down payment because our bank made us put down, you know, usually 15 or 20 percent. We've since paid these properties off, but there's basically the way you guys can also create down payment. Are you guys following me on all this? <laughs> so those of you who say you can't buy rental properties because you're fearful of the, you know, out-of-state owners and out-of-state, um, you know, management, here's what we do, and you guys can do the same thing. You can easily find a property manager to manage your properties for usually 5 6 7%. If they're good properties in good areas or even there, if they're okay properties in okay areas, the most you're going to pay in a management fee is 6 or 7%. Now, you can pay, and we've done this too, you can pay a management company or a local agent just to lease it. Find a tenant and lease it for you, and you give them the first month's payment as their um, – or you give them 6% of the total value of, the, uh, of all the payments, which you know, is usually the same as roughly the first month's payment. So you pay them that to lease it up for you, and you manage it yourself. And the key to keeping long-term tenants, as we talked about yesterday, is basically to buy properties that are uh, in nice areas, that are single-family houses. They don't have to be really expensive houses. Your tenants are going to be working middle-class people for the most part. They're going to be the normal people that basically are the backbone of the country. They're going to be the people that are like, you know, the firefighters and police officers. They're going to be people who just got married. They're going to be people who are downsizing. You're going to have folks that are um, just all those types of situations. They're going to be working folks. They're going to be people, maybe a hairstylist, or you guys get the idea. These are all the types of tenants we have outside of Vegas. In Vegas, we have some very interesting tenants, which I will talk about on this podcast. So there you go. That's it. So if you buy a property that's in a good, safe area that maybe you would even live if you were back in that stage of your life, or maybe you are in that stage of your life, so just ask yourself, would I live here? Make the property a little bit nicer than it needs to be. Do yourself a favor and don't buy fixer-uppers because those are usually black holes. So buy properties that are already in good, you know, nice condition, um, and then buy them in the areas that we suggest. If the notes and the uh, are on the, uh, the the podcast from yesterday, and yeah, and then there you guys you guys go. You're off to the races. If you are worried about managing out of state, you can hire a management company. You can hire them just to lease it up, or you can uh, hire them to actually manage it. And then they'll charge you, like I said, they'll charge you usually you know, 6% of uh, the total monthly revenue. So if it's $1,200 that comes in, they're going to keep 6%. Not a whole hell of a lot of money. By the way, guys, running a, your own property management company is another home run idea for those of you. Um, maybe we'll do another podcast on that. We have a, lot of, we have a, a module in uh, Premiere which kind of walks you through the ideas of how to set up your own property management company. Uh, look into a software cr- program called Buildium. And, and it won't take for very many of you, back to topic, it won't take very many of you very long to actually create enough cash flow from these rental properties that you'll start seeing your personal financial needs being exceeded by the paid-off rental properties. The way to do this, the way to do this and stay on mission, in other words, to get the goal accomplished of basically being rich, remember our definition of rich, is uh, creating a plan. And what Julie and I did, Julie and I have been married uh, 26 years in two days. So on the 15th of this month, we've been married for 26 years. And when we first started out buying rental properties, when we were selling real estate right out of college, we actually started buying properties when we were in college. But what we would do when we had our licenses is we would actually keep ourselves in contract on something. And I can't say we did it perfectly, but we tried to buy something every 60 days. It usually worked out to be every 90 days. So to keep ourselves motivated, we'd have a property in contract. And then sometimes we'd have the down payment already. Other times we wouldn't. We'd have to work our butts off, save up the money, or at least you know get everything in alignment. And then we kept ourselves on a, a disciplined cycle of purchasing rental properties. 
again, I'm not saying it's been an absolute direct line. You know, it's, it, there's been, there are times where we didn't buy as many. There's times when we, you know, bought more than we thought we were going to buy and all the rest of it. But the thing we did is we stayed on that. And look, over time, guys, it makes you rich. And it makes you rich in the sense that it covers all of your overhead, but it also makes you rich in the sense that you'll have paid off properties that are worth accumulatively, hypothetically, tens of millions of dollars. For us normal people, like all of you guys listening, that's probably the only way you're ever truly going to get rich. And rich to cover your overhead, but rich in the sense of becoming a multi-multi-millionaire, what I just described for you. Unless you're going to have a startup, unless you're going to have some big liquidity event in your life, which both of those things are very unlikely, unless somebody leaves you a bunch of money, very unlikely, you don't really have a very clear path to uh, becoming a multimillionaire or at least becoming rich other than the one I just gave you. I've looked for it. You know, you guys can say, well, Tim, I have a cash flowing business and that produces cash flow enough for me to basically, you know, I'm, you know, I can live off the cash flow from these businesses and that's fine. But see, rental properties are, are very unique that once you rent them up and you have a good tenant mix, they generally speaking are about as passive as an investment as you're going to find. They are. Rental properties, when you have like 20 or 30 of them, it, you have to monitor it maybe for like maybe a half hour a day, just making sure people are paying rents or whatnot. But a program like Buildium does most of the direct communication and management with the tenant. They pay electronically. So it's not like the old days where you have to actually have direct interaction constantly. It's pretty much for the most part something you can easily delegate. Um, you can delegate it to a software program like Buildium. But there's a lot of others too, uh, tenant uh, see with Tenant Cloud, and there's a couple others we looked at. We use Buildium. So there it is. Okay. Now, this is a very condensed version of what we talk about extensively in Harris Rules. Harris Rules walks you through the basics of the formulation of forming your business and kind of walks you through the whole process. And I want you guys to seriously consider getting that book if you haven't done so already. But that's where we're buying properties. That's how we analyze properties. That's how we actually think in terms of rental properties and from our you know decades of experience uh, coaching agents and selling real estate at a high level everyone i know everyone i know who's a millionaire who's made it from selling real estate has not made it from selling real estate it's from reinvesting the profits that come from selling real estate if you don't have any profits from selling real estate because you've basically become addicted to buying buyer leads and all the rest of it this conversation to you is going to do you no good so you need to start the basics and ask yourself why it is that you're not making profit sufficient enough not just to cover your overhead but also basically to create savings so you can start essentially accumulating rental properties if you're in a situation like that and you're stuck in this hamster wheel of always having to earn more money to pay more, buy more buyer leads and pay for all this other expense in your real estate practice just because someone told you you're supposed to have a fancy this and a fancy that. If you're in that stuck in that paradigm, I strongly encourage you guys to challenge it. Um, I strongly encourage you guys to really ask yourselves, why the hell am I in real estate? And I know every single one of you, if you cut through it, the reason you got in this business, yes, there was the independence. Yes, there was the idea that you wouldn't have a boss. Yes, there was all those types of mental, you know, emotional, I'm my own boss. I own my own company, all that ego stuff. But really the real reason you got into this business is because you want to have a sense of freedom from the sort, sort of financial that tyranny that most people have to suffer through their entire lives. Again, normal people like us, there is no golden hand. You know, none of us were born on third, uh, you know, like so many 
other people, like there's a lot of folks out there that are born on third, they act like they hit a homer. That's not the case with all of us, is it? We're normal people who are making our way, and I just laid out a path for you guys. It's the same path that um, pretty much all my millionaire, multimillionaire, I have coaching clients that have net worths that are tens of millions of dollars, and virtually all of them have made it just the exact same formula that I just laid out for you. The other ways of doing it generally require – um, I mean, honestly, guys, unless you're going to take a company public, unless you're going to inherit the money or some of these other things, you're going to have to follow a path like the one I just laid out for you. And, and guys, the nice thing is, is it's there to follow, and it's not difficult to do. Please set aside all your skepticism, and please set aside all the reasons that you've rationalized not doing this in the past. Please set aside you're telling yourself that you're too young or you're too old or you don't make enough money or all these other bullshit reasons. Set all that stuff aside because that's the same bullshit that everyone always says to themselves about why they'd actually it's just a rationalization to be lazy at the end of the day it's not difficult guys explore this have fun with it attach yourself emotionally to the idea that one day and maybe you're already there maybe you're there in six months maybe you're there in a year one day you guys can wake up with the sense of freedom of knowing that you have enough money coming in that all of your personal expenses are covered plus a little bit and then the commissions that you're earning from your day's work you know, I'm, I'm assuming most of you will choose to still work when you get there. Then it goes to buying more rental properties. Then it goes to having, you know, buying the things that you've always dreamed of having in your life. Then it goes to basically spoiling your family. Then it goes to being able to do whatever it is that you want to do with your money without feeling like you're basically not being responsible to your family and not being responsible to your finances. I'm giving you guys, I don't want to say permission because it doesn't sound right, but I'm giving you guys permission to uh, give up the financial tyranny of, that most people in America think is normal. You don't have to live that way. You have the golden ticket. It's called a real estate license. And you hopefully have the intellect, and you hopefully are basically trusting your intuition enough to basically follow this path, right? There it is, guys. Explore this more. Hopefully we've planted some seeds with all of you, and some of you are feeling motivated and excited, and you're actually going to chase this. I strongly encourage you to, because the other side of the rainbow, once you're rich, where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money, is a complete it, – it is everything that you think it is times about 1,000. I'll just leave it like that. You're never having to worry about money, having created financial freedom for yourself. There's nothing more – satisfying. That is the ultimate litmus test of your ability to run a business, whether you're able to generate sizable profits enough that you can actually create passive income from rental properties. You are either good or not at what you do. And if you're great at what you do, you are able to produce profits. You manage your personal expenses. You don't allow lifestyle creep to take over your life. And then boom, guys, guess what? It isn't that long. And I don't want you to just make this, like I have these conversations with folks, you know, some of you guys are going to email me and I have these conversations and you're going to give me this ridiculous time frame. You're going to say, I want to be there in 10 years. And you're going to say, I want to be there in five years. I'm going to say, bullshit. I want to know, I, let's put a plan together to be there in 24 months, to be in there in 36 months. Because if you have a plan with a short-term horizon, I promise you, you're going to accomplish it. If you've rationalized that you will buy rental properties and you'll do what I've you know, suggested that you guys do, but it's going to take you 10 years, no way you're going to do it. You're going to procrastinate it. You're going to spend money on things you shouldn't be spending money on. You're going to go on expensive vacations. You're going to blow the money on just stupid crap. But when you stay on mission and keep your family addicted to the idea of being financially free, 
guys, trust me, you are going to be efficient with your sales skills. You're going to be killer on your listing presentations. You are going to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Look, I'm not a big fan of the whole what's your why conversation because that changes all the time. That's kind of that feel-good mindset bullshit that we don't like to ever talk about. But if you're looking for a primary motivator in your life, how about this? You can be financially free. If that doesn't do it for you, nothing will. Okay? So have I motivated you guys? Are you feeling excited about the opportunities you have? You should. Again, you have the golden ticket. It's called a real estate license. If there's ever anything we can do for you guys, feel free to email me, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. And remember, guys, please go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. Request a free coaching call. For those of you who are um, who have bought our book, which is thousands of you, you need – or I shouldn't say this. Please read the book first, and then please consider leaving us a review on um, Amazon, and uh, the book is the number one bestseller, uh, huge affirmation to us that you guys totally and completely understand uh, what we're saying, and that the marketplace, you guys, are thirsty for the truth and the no BS approach to basically health and uh, through selling real estate, and I really appreciate that. I really truly do, because we weren't sure how many of you would actually pay attention, because it seems so much of what's being taught out there is this mystical, you know, touchy-feely, you know, long-term lead follow-up, Facebooking, liking bullshit, and it's not. That stuff is just basically, essentially, it's a waste of your time for the most part, and it's confusing and it's frustrating. And what pisses me off about it is that so many of you guys have been seduced by it, thinking it's the easy button, thinking that's the only path. And then when it doesn't work, you guys blame yourselves, and then you lose heart, and then you give up on yourselves. That's what pisses me off about that. Honestly, I think it's that, that message, which essentially is, is uh, you know, it's ruining the, the, the potentiality of so many of you. So, guys, listen, please consider buying Harris Rules. Read the book through. Thank you for all your wonderful reviews. It's five-star rated. I think 100 reviews basically is where we're at. Fantastic. It went to bestseller status on Amazon within like 48 hours. I mean, guys, really, thank you for that. So if there's anything we can do for you, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.